0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 100. Connor, we've lasted 100 episodes. How bananas is that?
1: It's we've run through the full gamut of emotions haven't we Evan. We've gone from the team uh, being cup contenders to now I think these last week or so two weeks has been quite dreary. So we've gone through the full roller coaster of emotions with this podcast but again thank you to all the listeners who have been listening all along the way. Thank you Evan for being a, a very uh, dependable partner here with this venture we've chatted forth. Uh, since 2020 so uh, again happy to be here Evan
0: yes thank you to you Connor thank you to the listeners you make this all possible you make it fun you know it's enjoyable for us we love talking to you every week Uh, so uh, happy to do it you're right talk about just a swing of emotions we started this and I think it was fall 2020
1: yeah in the bubble
0: in the bubble. So they were, you know, on the they were supposed to maybe win a cup and then the next year they were maybe supposed to contend and this year. So interesting stuff all around. Um, One thing I did not expect to have happen in the 100 episodes was Bruce Cassidy to be fired. And now he's a Golden Knight. He's a Vegas Golden Knight, which is not surprising uh, at all. <laughs> I remember you had said that to me back. When Cam Neely made those comments, he's, you're like, if he gets fired, he's going to go to Vegas. And I was like, yeah, actually, that kind of makes a lot of sense. And it does. And looks pretty good in the gold and silver. And it looks like he's having a fun time out there. I think he's a pretty damn good fit.
1: Yeah, no, you look at uh, just the optics of this, the fact that they fire Bruce Cassidy, the Bruins, and they're still interviewing candidates, you know, taking the time, seeing what's out there for this team that there's still no set plan of what the, you know, three year, you know, plan is going forward. Don't know what's going on. And then Bruce Cassidy gets hired in legitimately less than a week. It was like, I think six hours, six days and 22 hours between when he got, they announced he got fired to when he got hired. So it's Monday to Monday. So, uh, and as you said, a perfect fit for, for him in this spot. I mean, you look at that team, it's a win now team, veteran heavy team, uh, they've got the skill needed. They've got the, the ability to actually fire in some shots from the blue line, which is something that Ooh. Cassidy has stressed <laughs> multiple times. Um, so uh, you look at just the fit for that team and how I think Cassidy's talents can translate to helping that team. It's a team that has the skill, had some defensive issues last year, which you look at Bruce Cassidy and kind of the, the track record the Bruins have had of expected goals and all those fancy fancy metrics that you know work in his favor i mean it should be a great fit for him and um seems to really already be kind of running with the situation he's in right i mean you're going from a team that he had front office and management that didn't really appreciate what he brought in terms of his coaching style um and you look at just the way of where this team is exactly going in the next couple of years pretty good that you know not forgot to lose his job for family got brooded, obviously, but, falling to a pretty great spot. And based on Cassidy's comments that he already uh, has given since uh, Thursday morning during his introductory press conference, a lot of the same stuff you hear that, you know, he talked about with the Bruins about uh, being hard to play against of being uh, a team that can switch to attack mode very quickly on the rush. And uh, a lot of what he said today, accountability of being accountable and that, you know, sometimes a younger player, you need to have a bit more, uh, you don't really have as much rope. You kind of have to earn that, and maybe it's stern, but it's part of uh, the learning process of getting to get into the NHL. So accountability—it's a novel thing, Evan. It's something God that for- you know. It's—I don't know. It's a very polar—it's a very polarizing subject. Let me just say, of holding guys accountable. But first, guys, he's going to keep it going in Vegas.
0: God forbid you tell a player what to do. You hold them accountable a bit. It's <laughs> such a wild concept to me. Um, but yes. Yes, and they had him in that epic video, I think, when he was hired. uh, uh, No, he was hired Tuesday, but Wednesday they had a video where it was like Golden Knights highlights with Cassidy's voice over it. I was like, he is going to lean so hard into what they're doing out there. Like, hopefully not their Twitter presence. Hopefully he uh, tones. He's not not doing like he's not
1: doing like the Nene or, yes. like a video, he's
0: not doing anything like that. <laughs> the
1: gritty, yeah, yeah he's not it, I, that. I, Jesus Christ. No, well, that's Totorella, I mean, Totorella doing the gritty, in, yeah, in well, Philly.
0: As, as Ty Anderson says, when the hand squeaks, uh, that'll be uh, quite the moment. That's a, that's a big
1: I, league fine, <laughs> that's
0: a big, uh, it's gonna be a huge fine. Um, it's like remember when Jack Eichel got sent to Vegas and he gets out of the car and they had like the mariachi or they think like, the band there for him yeah. with like the big dinosaur, Wayne, mascot. Newton. Wayne Newton yeah. was doing the gritty in the background.
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's like this is too much. Like this is, you know, Bruce would get out of the car. And be like, can I just go home? But it seems like a good fit. Hey, it doesn't make a good fit.
1: I'm just saying, Bruce Cassidy also says he's a big fan of share. So like, you know, got a residency show there. Like it works out perfectly. Honestly, I mean, it's a very big departure from Metro Boston to Vegas. But when you look at uh the resources he has out there, the way that roster is built, perfect fit for hand. Meanwhile, the Bruins, we'll see. Still looking not
0: there. great not great not great. uh with, yeah with Cassidy going to Vegas it's uh, you know this is, as we are as everyone knows this is a pro Boston uh, excuse me pro bar rescue podcast um uh, so hopefully with John Taffer out there maybe he gets Bruce Cassidy to do some recon for him Goes That's on a true. few shows he would be perfect for that and with the with the with the food being like oh this sucks but he'd be really nice about it you
1: know and he'd, it, he'd hold and- the people accountable like yeah, Taffer.
0: Crazy. Yeah, maybe Bruce Cassidy's second career, maybe secondary source of income will be bar rescue. So maybe they'll have him fill in uh on there cuz Taffer's a huge Knights fan. So maybe it's a match made in heaven or match made in Vegas. So um an interesting thing is the Bruins gotten a lot of hate for this and it's it doesn't seem to be stopping. It hasn't stopped. It's been, you know, over a week of this. Um and it's I I don't, you know, Sweeney mentioned in his post in his press conference, when this happened, that he expected people to not like this decision. He compared it to Claude Julien, but Claude Julien was so much different in the sense that that had kind of run its course. That was 10 years. That was uh, you know, they had not made the playoffs the previous two years. Uh, There were, you know, good younger players that maybe weren't playing as much as they would have liked to have had them play all that stuff. Obviously this had happened after the 2015 draft. So the jury wasn't fully, the jury was still kind of out, on that a little bit, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is different. You fire a really good coach in the middle of a really good run. Uh, and again, there's rumblings that, the, that there were guys in the locker room who didn't like him and such, but I keep looking back at that and going like, why can't you hold a player accountable? If you got, you know, I don't mean to just throw names, but if you got a younger player out there, you know, you got a young prospect who just does not like Cassidy. Why would you choose the prospect over the coach? I just still can't wrap my brain around that.
1: Yeah, especially when it's, I mean, who knows exactly who it is, but it's not like the Bruins have like a, a poster knock, like an 18-year-old guy who maybe hit, like scored 25 goals in the second year is really struggling, his confidence is winning. They don't have that. Like the guys that are prospects right now that are like knocking at the door or trying to carve out established roles, aren't those guys. Those are players that maybe had high expectations going into it, but now we kind of know in this current wave of prospect who exactly they're you know, these players are, if they do make it to the NHL, they're not top six talents. I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think you look at the optics behind it. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, the difference between this and the Julian thing, the Julian thing. I think most people were just pissed because of the timing of it. Cause I did yes. it during the Patriots thing. Like when the Julian thing happened, like taking us out, like the timing of like the Patriots parade and that, which was ridiculous in terms of the actual logic applied when that happened, you're like, Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, like it, the writing was on the wall, right? You've you missed yeah. two seasons, uh, you're in line to miss a third straight. You're kind and of in, been
0: rumored to be fired like so many times. on the hot seat
1: for a while, yeah, exactly. And the, again, the writing was on the wall. So when you got that news thing, uh, like the news alert, you're like, all right, Cassidy was like, really? That's like, that's <laughs> like, like, there's a different uh reaction in terms of those things look at Cassidy and the amount of rope uh, that you know, the Bruins really didn't give him in terms of maybe, and again, maybe Cassidy has to adjust his coaching style and maybe be more receptive to younger players, which, as we talked about before, he literally did in 2017-18 when you had actually talented young players in the system. And again, it's not like this guy was going to be set in his ways. I don't think. He talked all during his final Press conference as Bruins coach about needing to adjust his systems in terms of getting more shots, maybe sacrificing more defense. Like, wasn't a guy who came out on his last press conference it was like, screw you guys, I'm, I'm I'm setting in this system. Like the fact that Bruins didn't give him that that rope that I think it was even Ty Anderson talked about this. Uh, that like look at John Cooper now, who's the established, you know, probably best coach in the NHL. He had two seasons of missing the postseason. He had that. Obviously, complete collapse in the 2019 with the the Blue Jackets. All those things where, if you're applying the Bruins logic to it, you're probably like, "All right, we need a fresh voice beyond like just those two missed playoffs." So they stuck with him; it worked out pretty well. So I, I think you look at just how sudden the the Cassidy firing was. The you add in now the details we learn about. All right. The fact that they said it was status quo and they went back and fired him, which has all the signs of a dysfunctional wishy-washy front office. You look at the fact that the Bruins still don't have a set game plan. Right of like we don't know what exactly is going on of who they're targeting, what kind of vision they're looking for. Are they looking for a veteran guy? Are they looking for a younger player to start a rebuild? Don't know that either, which just going to piss off Bruins fans some more. And I think you just also just look at the the rationale that the Bruins have listed as to why they need a, a new coach. Like Sweeney says that Cassidy didn't lose the room, anything like that. So it's just a new voice. It's just younger players who maybe aren't that great being soured over this. Is that is that who's running the ship? Are these players right? Like. You put it all together. I don't know how there's any way uh, Bruins fans aren't steamed about this still in terms of just not only Cassidy's situation, but the long-term viability and health of this franchise. And if the Bruins front office didn't expect this pushback to be this heavy, I don't know what you're looking at. You're clearly not on Twitter. You're clearly not getting a pulse on what uh, your fan base, which is very passionate, cares quite a lot about the state of this team as to why they're so stewed up about this. So if if you didn't think that was going to be the blowback, I mean, shame on you, then.
0: Yes, this is a very dedicated fan base, as we both know, as uh, the Bruins should know. I think they do know. Um, safe bet that the anger will kind of continue uh, on with Bruce Cassidy's firing, especially when Vegas keeps churning out the Cassidy content, uh, which is only going to be more and more over this off season. Uh, but a safer bet is our good friends over at Bet Online.
1: Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, go Celtics, the Stanley Cup Final, Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures. Yes, go Kale! BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online, where the game stats.
0: Stats. Where the game stats. Stats. You know, it's funny. I keep pointing at at the camera and stuff, and I don't know if people can tell. I have, like, a cut on my finger. I have two you other okay. cuts in here. I am You're okay. Right. I Upper went to the driving injury. range. I I'm golf by the way is new not new to me, but I'm not a seasoned vet. I don't play a ton. I play a couple times a year. First time playing golf this year driving range was gripping the clubs too tight and tore this hand apart. Uh so I am fighting through it. This is like, you know, this is playoff hockey over here. Just fighting through the hand pain. Barely typing just fighting to send off the tweets, just ridiculous,
1: yeah, ridiculous at least, stuff. At least you're holding yourself accountable, Evan. It's good to see. Oh,
0: you. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, hundred percent. No, if it's, it's all me, baby. That's my not fault. Fire,
1: you're not firing the, the instructors of the driving range. So <laughs> I'm too.
0: firing, I'm firing the driving range. Mm-hmm. They're, they're done. They're over with. They're I'm done. firing my club, breaking all my clubs, new grips, all that stuff. Um, speaking of new coaches, the Bruins are searching for one. And Joe McDonald reported, Uh, Earlier this week, the five candidates, David Quinn, Spencer Carberry, Jim Montgomery, uh, Jay Leach. I'm doing this off the top of my head. And there was, oh, Joe Sacco. Joe Sacco was the other. Uh, Sacco seems kind of more like a, you know, hey, we're going to do this because we're being nice. You know, you're an assistant. Of course, you're going to get the chance, but you're not high on the list uh, type thing. But we're all kind of figuring out, uh, and we'll get to like who of the five we're most intrigued by. But what are the Bruins looking for in a new coach, aside from a new voice? Because I keep stacking all these guys up against Cassidy. There's only one. I mean, there's two younger ones that I look at and say, okay, they have potential. But some of the others, you know, David Quinn uh, is tough to tell. You, you know, you saw him in New York, saw him at BU, he's good. I don't know if we can sit here and say he's an officially, officially an upgrade over Cassidy. You know, Jim Montgomery is sort of the same thing. It's tough to tell Joe Sacco for sure isn't an upgrade. So, like, that's the tough part is it's not like you're, you know, going into a broken situation. It's not like, you know, you... Um, had a really bad coach. Cassidy was terrific. Jack Adams winner. So I, I don't know what, like, what are they looking for aside from just the new voice?
1: Well, definitely, Evan, the new voice, because that seems to be the number one <laughs> prevailing thing. So I mean, I'll just get that out of the way that they're clearly looking for someone who's either a bit, you know, chummier with the players or someone who can relate to them more. So whether that's a younger coach like a Leech or a Codberry or like a guy like David Quinn, who I think has kind of had that reputation of having a bit more patience with younger players. I think Jim Montgomery, even though he wasn't in Dallas for very long, uh, had a pretty good relationship with a lot of players. So clearly that's at the forefront, even at the potential sacrifice of coaching, like X's and O's and execution, stuff like that. Very concerning. Again, for considering what this roster turnover could be very uh, soon. Other than that, I, I would imagine a lot of it is just maybe having a fresh set of eyes over this franchise, the roster, and kind of what you can draw out of this team. So, why well, I don't know if like a guy like Leach does make plenty of sense, but if I could totally see them looking in a different direction of it's kind of the same thing of when like the Bruins made an actual positive development in this franchise when they brought in like Shirelli, an outsider. To get a fresh set of eyes looking over this organization of what you can kind of make with
0: it. Was Gorton an outsider as well, or was he promoted from within?
1: Feel like he was promoted from within, but I don't exactly know his trajectory. But you know what? Hell, regardless, it wasn't like Harry Sinden. So yeah. it was steps in the right direction, right, in terms of <laughs> uh, of making those kind of moves, or like even like or even like o- or even like O'Connell and those guys that have just been there forever, right? So th- there was definitely like just having that new personnel in place, looking over the same kind of tired roster, I think helped out quite a bit. So whether that's you look at. Uh, reinventing the power play of, you know, you've got a lot of high powered weapons there, but what can you, can you shift the the mentality, how they do entries, all those things. You look at uncorking kind of more five on five offense out of this group, which it's pretty cut and dry. What you need to do in terms of getting inside or or getting more shots from the point, like you've got personnel in place, just because I don't think, you know, your decor, it's not like you have guys that are just going to be hammering the puck from the blue line. doesn't mean you can't go that out of players more like Charlie McAvoy. Fantastic offensive defenseman in terms of what he brings, but isn't really a, a shooter, right? Matt Kruzik's not really known as a shooter guy, but um, you add in a guy like Lenton, what he could bring. And again, it's more just coaching out of guys, you know, the talent they already having, getting that other gear out of players. I could see that being something that offensive creativity, maybe just getting more out of that as to what they're kind of targeting, because otherwise it's, you know, Sean Sweeney said like, well, we've been known as a good, you know, special teams uh, roster, don't expect that to change. They like want to still be known as a team that's, you know, centered on its defensive identity that shouldn't change. So like, all right, is it just, you just want a guy who's going to be doing the the gritty in the locker room with the boys? Like, I, I, yeah. I don't
0: tick TikTok, filming TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so it's tough. It's tough to like get like a set, like bullet point list of like five things other than the fabled new voice in terms of what exactly looking for out of this team that again, as I've said, we don't know what exactly the plan is. Are we looking at Bergeron and Krejci coming back? Or are we looking at just a complete overhaul? Because it kind of depends on what coach you're hiring in terms of what you want to maximize out of whatever path you want to take.
0: I wonder if it's tough because they're already interviewing candidates. So they're not going to interview all the guys and be like, we're going to wait till Patrice Bergeron gives us a response. And then we will give you a response. But I am curious if they wait until Bergeron gives his uh, decision to them, because I, I do think that plays a little bit of a part in it. Now also, you know, if you were going to get a coach, you know, let's say they went and got like a trots, right? Let's say even though he was on the list, let's say they went out and got Barry Trotz, even though there's rumors with him in Winnipeg. But let's say they do it. They went, well, they went out and did it, right? And Bergeron comes back, Krejci comes back. It's only for like two years. Then you're actually in a full rebuild and Trotz is gone within a year or two. So you're telling the guy, hey, you want to coach for one or two years? You want to move here? You want to adjust to life here? Come On, like, come on to this. You know, the, the cup is the window's been closing for years now. Come on, and this is a fun job. Um, so I think it does hinge on Bergeron a lot. Uh, but as for people who are intriguing of those five, Trout's obviously not in the five, uh, but of those five, who are you intrigued by? I, I have two is, names. I have yeah, two names,
1: yeah. I would say, I mean, like, Leech, I think, makes a whole bunch of sense, uh, just in terms of what the Bruins mapped out, and again, as much as you know. Uh, Sweeney mentioned they want to cast a wide net in coaching decisions. Leach still, like you still, they will obviously, I think, defer to the people who have pretty clear, evident ties and tethers to this franchise. So Leach makes a lot of sense. But in terms of, I think, who offers the highest ceiling, uh, I really am intrigued by what a guy like Cockberry would bring in terms of, you know, 40-year-old coach, has kind of wherever he's gone, he's done very well. You know, he spent one season in Providence as an assistant to Jay Leach. So he has that one little connection, which counts, right? <laughs> he's like in, he's in, he's in, he's a part list. of the group. Yeah.
0: He's a part of the group.
1: So he has that. And then he goes to, I think it was Hershey and the AHL and one, you know, AHL coach of the year had a crazy winning percentage there. Um, and then goes up to Toronto one year there and does very well. I mean, Toronto had a great season and he was primarily in charge of that power play, which, Again, great personnel there, but they went from 16th overall in the NHL to top three this past season. So I think you look at what Coburn brings, and he's a guy that's I think been known um, for you know encouraging creativity of really breaking down, uh, especially you know the offensive side of things and trying to get more out of existing talent you have add in the fact that again, yeah, he's a young coach that could be, you know, different dynamic. He brings, uh, I think that's a guy that just makes plenty of sense for what this team should be looking at. And again, is he a set? Do you know what you're going to get from him? No, but at this point might as well take a swing at it, right? If you're especially looking at a rebuild, maybe go for the 40 year old coach. who has got a very high, uh, you know, his stock has been soaring for a long time than a retread at this point, like might as well see what it is. And if it doesn't work out, you're probably rebuilding anyway. So then you target in a few years when maybe you guys are more on the up and up, like at this point, I don't, I don't think it hurts to look outside of a guy who you talk in league circles is getting a kind of sterling record wherever he's gone for, you know, his creativity and his approach uh, to coaching. So I think Carberry, even though maybe he's the guy that, will get the least amount of headlines among the the candidates that you've mentioned. I think he's a guy that offers potentially the highest return if he's put in a good situation here in Boston and is given the freedom to really kind of work on, you know, what his strengths are as a coach.
0: Yeah. Again, I mean, it's tough for, you know, the average person, they do not know Spencer Carberry. So it's not like I'm sitting here like, how do you not, know, I not know yes. this. Um, but if you look at his record, it's been terrific. As you mentioned, why not go for it? Again, that's the name that intrigues me the most. Uh, not to repeat everything you said, so to go to someone else. Another interesting name, again, Jay Leach has been, you know, talked about forever, been here. Like, I I don't think there's anything new with that. He probably is the favorite. Uh, But Jim Montgomery is an interesting one, just given that he uh, was a coach, a really good coach at Denver, uh, did really well in Dallas. Obviously, it ended, wasn't because he was a bad coach or anything. Um, But again, I keep looking at that Denver success, and I keep saying, huh, it's an interesting guy with younger players. Now, again, he's older, uh, he's been around more. I think you kind of know what you're getting with, with a guy like Montgomery, but I do think of those five names, that's a very underrated one um, because it wasn't why he wasn't one of the bigger names. That's been kind of talked about, you know, in the, in this kind of search. So I look at him and go, huh, that's an interesting one. You know, I think I still want Carberry more. I still think they go with leech, but that's an interesting one yeah. because I do think that would potentially be a fit with younger players. Uh, you know, I, his record in Dallas was pretty good. Uh, definitely, again, as I said, won a ton in Denver. Maybe that's a guy. Maybe that's a, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't hate that pick. You know, I think it'd be a good pick. Uh, David Quinn. It's tougher to tell with a guy like him. Um, and then who was the other one? They reported Sacco. Obviously, yeah. right now, sorry. Um, you know, no <laughs> offense, just not not the not the guy. Not the guy um, going forward. Is there any like? Do you think there's going to be anybody else that gets rumored in with this? Or do you think those are the five?
1: Um, I mean I think it was Friedman who mentioned uh Nate Lehman, which I still think I think is a kind of an outside shock because I think he just signed that big contract. He can be kind of the king of the castle in Providence and stay there for a while and get a boatload of money. I think you mentioned it, I think, on Bruins Bruinsby, like talking about like Greg Carville in that situation. Like maybe sometimes it's better just to be running the ship and sitting back and be king of the castle at a, a very good D1 program. Like at some yeah. point it ain't worth it. So no,
0: it's way better.
1: Yeah. So I, I view that and being kind of skeptical about how much they'd like, like Lehman especially would want to, would lead. I'm sure the Bruins would love to have him, but I think maybe you look at a guy like Savad too, who his OHL season, the Windsor's team uh, season's over now. I check in with him. He's kind of the same with as Cobber, and maybe not as, Maybe a bit more of a newcomer, but you kind of look at his track record. I think he's a guy that be worth uh, interviewing. And at the very least, I think we mentioned this last week. I'd love to have uh, a Savad on the staff in some capacity, like especially if he's going to be helping run the power play. Like if you get a guy like Codbury or a guy that hasn't been mentioned, but we talked about a lot last week, and Jeff Halpern of a guy similar to Codbury, younger younger coach development track record is in the coaching tree with John Cooper in Tampa. Like fresh voices like that coupled with a creative kind of coach like Savad as an assistant makes a lot of sense. And I think if you're a Bruins fan, I'm sure you're looking at some lean years ahead. But that kind of personnel in place of trying to get more uh, talent, creativity out of this current roster, while also having the, a younger coaching staff that can endear themselves and work more with the influx of young talent that's coming in the years ahead. It seems like the win win move. But again, who knows what path the Bruins exactly decide to chart in the next couple of days.
0: Again, unless Lehman uh, wants another huge challenge, you just mentioned it a bunch of lean years coming up. Why would you want to step from a great program to lean years rebuilding in the NHL and then potentially so getting fired? And then getting fired if they start to contend. Anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you on all of these things over at BSJ?
1: Yep. Uh, Throughout this offseason, we'll continue to have daily coverage on all things related to the Bruins, whether it be coaching search, who they're targeting, free agency, trades, all that good stuff. All of it will be over at BSJ, so please subscribe at BostonSportsChannel.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.